Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we're talking about an interesting topic. I think it's pretty interesting. Not that it's not interesting other weeks. It is. Unless David makes a topic, it's not as interesting <laughs> in those weeks. But fortunately, David never makes a topic. Anyway, we'll keep moving. The reason I said that is David's not got a microphone in front of him and he's in studio, so I can pick on him a little bit and he can't do anything about it. So, But uh, if you didn't listen to the last show, David had some really good points on a very subpar movie clip, but it was, it was some really good points. And so it would be good to go back and listen to that on our topic. Our topic are scars and bruises and the role that they play. And it comes down to who you give the power of the scars and bruises to. Do you give them to God, or do you give them the enemy and the world, all the other places you can take them other than God? So let me say it a different way. You can give them to God and have hope and healing and, and move to places of, of positive in your life, or you can give them anywhere else and not end up there. <laughs> it's just really kind of that simple. And, and so what do we do with them? You know, we talked earlier on the first show about the uh, Uncle Scar, you know, in uh, Lion King. He's known based on the thing that happened to him. He has a big scar on his face, so that becomes his identity. You know, what things have you let become your identity that the enemy's whispering to you saying, oh, you're no better than this, you're no better than this wound you took, this betrayal that you faced, or this bad decision you made, right? What is he holding you hostage with? What are those things that's keeping you held down and can't those scars become opportunities for victory? You can talk about the power that God's done in your life, and Robbie did a good job of talking about the, the uh, victory over pornography, and as he shares that, how it impacts other people's lives. You know, and that's the thing. When God steps in and does work in your life and you share that with others, oh, my gosh, they know there's hope and there's opportunity for that to happen for them. You know, and so we're going to do more of that, but we're going to talk more about the topic of, of scars and bruises. And we're going to start with a clip that everybody tried to get, but I already had it. <laughs> it was from the movie, movie Lethal Weapon. And honestly, it's a great clip about comparing scars. But other than that, it's not a whole lot to it. It's not really that deep. But when you, when you have it, you have, um, oh gosh, uh, what's it? Mel Gibson's character. In, in a, and you have Renee Russo. And they're both police officers of sorts. I can't remember what she is. And he's a police officer, a city police officer. And... They're, they're back at his trailer and they're talking and they start comparing scars. And she's looking at his head because he has a fresh wound and she sees a scar and they start talking about it. And then at the end, when he's trying to show another scar, which in order to do that, he has to remove his trousers, she's okay with not wanting to see that scar. And so we're going to kind of listen to that and come back and talk about it. Hey, what is this, knife? Uh, oh, that's an axe. Some guy mistook my head for a log. Yeah, that's a natural mistake. What are you saying? I got a wooden head? Yeah. Look at that. It's a knife. Knife? Oh, that's very nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, this is all right. Oh, that's a pavement dragged oh. in Crenshaw. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's great. Texture. Look at this. Yeah. Same thing. Third and Highland. 
dragged for about half a block, I'll tell you what. Feel that texture. Feel it. Cheese grater time. Moving truck. Moving truck? Yeah. Moving bullet. Moving bullet. Yeah, here, right here. This is the best. Oh, hey. Yeah, and it goes all the way through to the back. Right through. You're lucky. Was it 22? It's a 38, right? That's a 38? It's a 38. It's a 38? That's gonna be 30. Now, this is a 38. Yours is bigger than mine? I think so. I don't think so. Maybe not. But look, watch. A whole family of 44s on the back. Yeah. There they are. That's impressive. One coming through, got one got stuck in my lung. I was breathing blood bubbles. It was disgusting. Bubbles. Yeah. Okay. You got one? Pump action, 12 gauge. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right down here. Oh. Went through. Oh, that must have hurt. Right. Not too close. Riggs, if you were that close, I'd be dead. I can beat it. I can beat it. Have a look at this. I'll take your word for it. No, no, no. Really, I'll you gotta see word. this. I'll take your word for it, Riggs. No, you're gonna love you're gonna this. I'm sure. You're gonna love this. He stuck it right in my leg. He ran around about eight times. Really hurt like a son I'll take your word for it, Riggs. Yes, <clears throat> there is some redeeming value in it in the fact that, you know, they're comparing these scars out of joy that it didn't kill them and take them out. And I think there's some value in that of realizing that these things that we think are, are so terrible, and they are terrible when they happen to us, that they're going to they're gonna affect us for life, but they don't have to. Well, that, that knife wound, Harold, he was pretty lucky he didn't go blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes me wonder about the group Third Eye Blind. <laughs> But I just, I don't know. Yeah. If you want to know what we're talking about, you'd have to email Robbie at masculinejourney.org and he would be very happy. That's R-O-B-B-Y at masculinejourney.org. He'd be happy to share the story on the temporary blindness that our friend Harold experienced at age 13 by hitting a part of his body you wouldn't think that would cause blindness. But that, that's a story that we'll just leave untold for right now. But yeah. Anyway, uh but what I liked on that clip from the standpoint was, you know, it, it, you do hear people doing that, that they're, they're comparing these things when they start doing it. They don't get to any real depth. That's what I don't really like about it. It just stays on the surface, right? They're at least talking about some things. Uh, I, and some of it's interesting. You'll feel this. It feels like a cheese grater. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that's kind of descriptive. Don't really want to hear that. But, you know, these scars, you know, when we talk about them, especially when we talk about the victory over them, Right, that's where they have the power. That's where they have the impact. You know, when you read about all the things that happened to Paul, you know, being snake bit and shipwrecked and all those things, and it didn't it didn't stop him. It didn't dissuade him from doing what he was doing. You know, and there's times I get a hangnail and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm done for the day. <laughs> I can't proceed anymore." No, it, it, it's those things that you know. It, it's that perspective of saying, "Okay, God, I'm going to give this all to you." Which actually brings us to the next clip that I want to play. And Rodney, we're going to play your clip if you want to talk a little bit about it while I get it ready to be set up. Sure. Hacksaw Ridge is a great movie, and it's a great story about Desmond Doss and how things early in his life really impacted the outcome of his life and the impact that he had on so many others. And this scene is early on when – actually, there's two scenes here that I'm going to play – they're back-to-back, back, that the first one is Desmond and his brother Hal, they're fighting, and their father's just sitting there drunk looking on. You'll hear him talking there. And then Hal is beating up Desmond mostly because he's the older brother. He's got him down on the ground, then Desmond finally gets up, and then Hal lands a really good punch. Well, then Desmond, he wants to strike back, so he, he staggers and he sees this brick, grabs it, and hits his brother Hal across the head with a brick, knocks his brother out. So Desmond, at that point, 
with everything that goes on in the middle of the, that first part of the clip, you're going to hear, and that it's Desmond realizing, oh man, I, I might have just killed my brother. And he walks over to the poster on the wall, and it's the Ten Commandments. And he's just staring at, thou shall not kill. And that part of the clip ends with the father talking to the mom and says, the world's, if you want to, you know, a world's a soft and gentle place as he's describing to the mom, like, oh, you just want to cuddle him, you know. Then years later, Desmond is working with his mom at the church. He's looking out the window, and there's a bunch of commotion. He runs out, and uh, a boy was working on a car, and the car fell on him. And he lends a hand, which you can hear on the second part of that clip, how that turns out, but both greatly impact his life. Lock him with your right, Desmond. Stop it. Do you hear me? What are they fighting about? Now, when they ever need a reason. Tom, do Why stop him? Save me whipping them both. This way I just whip the one that wins. Tom! You down. He can't hear me. Get some ice. You shook that basket? I got it. Is he breathing? Al? Al, you hear me? What you're doing? I want to have to beat you now, you know. Stop. What's that going to teach the boy? He's violent enough already. Okay, fine. You go smother him in kisses. You tell him the world's a soft and gentle place. What's going on out there? Desmond! Oh, get it out! Get it out! Oh. 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 Drag him out. Just talk. Oh. I'll phone an ambulance. Oh, no time. Joshua, pick up. Quick. Okay. You're going to be fine now. You're going to be fine. You're in good hang. What do we got here? It's a severed artery. Get some sutures? Yes, sir. Put some pressure on it. Did you apply this tourniquet? Yes, sir. Nice work. You might have saved this boy's life. And you can hear from that... Later on in his life, he's in the army, and he says, I'm not going to carry a weapon. That's the thou shall not kill part where he injured his brother. And then he's like, says, instead of taking lives, I want to save lives because of the power of the second event that had over him. I think it's pretty much the same for all of us. We can let these events, these scars, bruises hurt us and take us down a bad path. Or, like with Desmond, he lets God in and lets God come in and do the healing, lets God take over his life, and he had a deep conviction for thou shalt not kill, and he wants to save lives. I want to fight along the other men, no different than anybody else. I just want to save lives rather than take it. A deep conviction comes from that spirit of God in him that just says, no, you're going you're gonna to stick to this. He took abuse after abuse from all the men around him, and in the end, he wins out with winning them over big time, and that's where... For me, it just is a really good example of <clears throat> in First Peter 
there's a couple of passages. One is chapter three and then 13 through 18. Then I'll get into the other chapter with a few verses. But who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation. And boy, he got a lot of that. And do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And again, Desmond did a great job with that. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, and they slandered him greatly, those who revile your good behavior, and they reviled his good behavior, in Christ will be put to shame, for it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And then even in uh, chapter 4, 12 through 14, this gives more explanation here. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. And that's what you kind of really see in Desmond's life as he keeps on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. And I just, I just see the whole story of Desmond in that passage that he constantly is looking for God for strength. And even when they're finally learning who this man really is and what's in him, they're Nope, we're not going to go into battle until Desmond's ready, and he's over there praying. They're like, we're not going anywhere until Batman's done praying to his God because they realize his God's more powerful than anything else we've got going up against the enemy. Yeah, it's such a cool story. <clears throat> what was it in the movie that said he saved like 70-some people or something like that, but in real life he saved more than that? But Mel Gibson, who did the movie – he was a director, said that they didn't think people would believe how many people he actually saved. Mm, you yeah. know, and so they lowered the number down of people that he mm. saved on the top of that hill that that day, that night, you know, overnight, whatever that time period yeah. was. It, it is just a very inspiring story. And I know in my own life, it's there's <laughs> physical scars it's, that are there that do remind me of some stupid human tricks I did. <laughs> Most everything, I was even thinking of a, everything almost happened on a snowmobile, but the other big one was in the winter. When I lost control of a vehicle and really should have had a big crash, and I, I don't know why the Lord in His providence said, "Okay, you can survive that," but I did. But you have for me, it was more more emotional things and just <clears throat> relational type events because mm-hmm. I build something up in my head, and really, I it's not what people did to me; it's either what I did or didn't do to others. Just not loving well not treating them with the reverence or using them in some way, shape or form to better myself. Those are the things that stuck with me. And I really, you, they, I let those things in the kind of the spirit of the fear of man control me. Like, well, I care more about what others think about me than doing what's good or what's right. <clears throat> and I, and those kinds of things really hurt me for a long time. And then coming to Christ is just amazing. The new spirit, the new nature that just says, no, I'm, 
I'm done. It wasn't like a, a switch, but it faded pretty quick. The vulgar language, the pornography that you talked about, Robbie, it just, those kinds of things started to go pretty fast. And, you know, I could, I could reconcile and get rid of those and not just feel like this big hypocrite because I'm like, okay, I've had, I really fessed up the who I was, you know? Yeah, I'm a sinner, but yes, I am now a child of God as well. And I, I can, I can live with that understanding of, yeah, in my own flesh, I know where I'll go, but in God's providence, I can, I can be his child and I can overcome these things and be a better man for it. Thank you. Kenny, uh, that, what did you Well, they jumped out on me that scripture was reading about that word test. Because what we've been talking about, where do you take these hurts? Where do we get the healing? Because like when the hurt started in the garden, what did Adam and Eve do? They tried to cover themselves. They tried to hide from God. And that's where Satan wants us, in the shadows, because that's where he does his devious work of condemnation, of being ashamed, of being and trying to heal our own wounds. But as Christians, we understand it's by his wounds we are healed. And he came to give them rooms. Because in Genesis, when he was introduced, you know, as the seed of the woman, you're going to crush his head. But he's going to bruise her heel. Yeah. And, and he was wounded for our iniquity. Yes. Yep. But then he got some scars later. You know, that's what he used with Thomas. Hey, you weren't here last time, and you doubting what this, the testimony of my brother. Come here and check it out. And that's one thing I love about masculine journey. Y'all, y'all, y'all give us what we call a covenant silence. Y'all, y'all lovingly tell your stories. Then ask, what's God bringing to you? Mm-hmm. What do you need to deal with? Because we all got battles and struggles in our life that we need to deal with, or they'll become a wound instead of a scar. And Satan loves wounds where he can pick at you, pick at you, pick at you, pick at you, because that's what he does. We're trying to wear you down pull you away from God, pull you away from your brothers, your fellowship, your faith, your hope. Because if you can take those, then he'll get you into the, the darkness, the despair, and those are places you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing that and all, but I just wanted to touch base on that because it's a test. Where are we going to take it? Because mm-hmm. the world's not going to get you healing. You might get Band-Aids and patches, but you will not get the healing that you really need except through Christ. Yeah, I was just listening to something that was talking, I think it was released a few years back, but somebody, you know, in the secular world, a psychologist wrote a book and basically like, oh, it's it's so great, you know, feeling anxious and fear and all those kinds of things. Oh, it's okay, because that's, that's, that could be a good thing and all that. But it was just all this secular, you know, well, turn to something else. Put your attention on happy, joyous things. You know, it's basically... Like if you can be a glutton for food or do, oh, do that. It, it will make you feel better. You just, just turn to something else. And it's like, unless you're turning to Christ, it, it, that, that's going to go away. And it's the next thing. It's the next thing. It's a vicious cycle because it's yes. going to get worse and worse. Yes. If you don't get true healing and say, no, eternity is taken care of your biggest fear. Now we can start working on the little things that are coming up time and time again. And when, when you sit there, just do the, you know, snap your rubber band on your wrist or something it's like that's that's not going to really do you much good here folks it, trusting that's just 
taking yourself and others and putting them on a pedestal that is way too high for anyone or anybody to live up to. Yeah. Now God does use people to help with the healing. Absolutely. But God's the one that ultimately does the healing. Yeah. I'm going to play another clip. Um, and it's hard to understand Jim, as you pointed out at the beginning, <laughs> but the payoff is a little worth it, worth it. I think it's from the movie Jaws, and so I'll go ahead and, and, and play that and come back, and then want to hear some stuff from Danny. Um, but in this clip, they're comparing. It's just like the one a little bit from uh, uh, we just played from Lethal Weapon. They're comparing comparing wounds and scars that they had. But I want to want you to hear how this ends and how they just laugh it off and quit talking about maybe the wound and the scar that really matters. And so we'll go ahead and play that, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Dave, don't you worry about you. It won't be permanent. You might feel something permanent. Just put your hand underneath my cap. Just be a little lump. Knock on all on St. Patty's Day, Boston. I got that beat. Some moray eel. Fit right through my wetsuit. Well, nope, no, listen, I don't know about that, but I entered an arm wrestling contest in Loki Bar in San Francisco. You see this? Now I can't extend that. You know why? Got to the semifinal, celebrating my third wife's demise. Big Chinese fella, he pulled me right off. It's a bull shark. He scraped me when I was taking samples. I got something for you. That's the thresher. You see that? Chief Thresher's tail. Thresher? It's a shark. I got the creme de la creme. Right here. Hold on. Yeah, you see that? You're wearing this sweater. Right there. Mary Ellen Moffat. She broke my heart. <laughs> they, they laugh it off at the end, but if, if you think about it, that's the only thing that was shared that required any depth, you know, to really enter into the, the part of a conversation. And, and so I'm going to ask Danny to share here in a second, but if you're trying to think about, okay, I don't really know where my scars are. Scars are. Here's some things to think about. Where do you feel like you're all alone? that no one else could understand where you're at. And there's probably a scar involved there. There's probably a wound somewhere there, right? That it's a place that God needs to dig in. Where are you angry with God? Where do you feel like he wasn't there for you or he cheated you or he left you hanging? Yeah, that's probably a good place to start. You know, and, and looking around this room, so far we're two for two on people that's felt those ways. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you're not alone. And just asking God, okay, where can you uncover something that you want to work in here? Remind me. You know, take me back to it. David did a great job of saying, hey, I picked this clip mainly because I wanted to irritate Sam, and I like it. But then God worked in that clip all day and reminded him of something he really needed to hear. Right? And so God, God will outwork you. You just got to invite him into it. And so, Danny, I'd like for you to share a little bit about your story of dealing with some scars or the way God's kind of worked with you on it. Yeah, I love the clip I come across this week in a devotion. You had threw this topic out, and I wasn't looking, but Dallas Willard says, Feelings are good servants, but they are disastrous masters. And, you know, a lot of our scars emotionally come because we acted on feelings that may or may not have been accurate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, I was talking in a pre-show about, 
I've got a scar under my nose where they pretty much had to sew my nose back on. And I was in a car wreck, and I will never forget, I was in the depths of alcoholism and addiction, and I don't remember getting in the car and driving. And I drove all the way across town, which it wasn't a big town, but um, I drove all the way across town, and I ran off the road. It was an icy night, and I ran off the road, and when I came to, the car was sliding down the ditch, and I hit a concrete drain culvert ripped the suspension out from under the car and my nose bounced off or my upper lip bounced off of the steering wheel, bent the steering wheel. And I remember the doctor saying that, um, he said, son, somebody upstairs loves you. He said, because an inch higher and we'd have put a toe tag on you tonight. He said, you would have never survived. He said, but you hit in the perfect place. And, And, you know, I didn't, my life didn't turn around from that moment on, but, you know, it took a little time. But I can look back now and, you know, I made the comment earlier that, you know, if I forget about grace, it's right under my nose because, you know, my life has obviously changed from that moment on to now, you know, being free of that and, you know, in beginning with this ministry and coming into, you know, breaking some agreements because all that stemmed a lot from, you know, a marriage that broke up and, and, and having a child taken away for a period of time. But, you know, when God begins to pull at those vines and those roots, you know, I, I thought of a story or my first grade teacher embarrassed me in front of the class. She threw papers in the floor. And from that, from that moment on in school, if I didn't like the teacher, I got bad grades. I didn't apply myself to get at them based on feelings, mm-hmm. which is ludicrous in in a sense, but when you sacrifice yourself on the altar of acceptance, this is how you live your life. And God has begun to unravel so much of that in the last year, year and a half. And so, you know, what we do here is serious business. I mean, we laugh, joke, and cut up with it. It's serious business because there's so much entwined in our lives. There's scars and there's wounds and stuff that, that have to be healed. Mm-hmm. And you know the only way to do it is to is to take it to Jesus. Yeah, and this is the God. I'm going to leave it at your feet. Right? Anyone else have anything you'd like to share? Yeah, <clears throat> you know I had a number of serious <laughs> physical things that happened to me, but I realized as I through journaling actually, I was like, God, what are you getting at? Why do I keep you know? Why am I getting this happened to me? That happened to me? And He was trying to get at that I had an agreement an agreement to break that I wasn't lovable. Mm-hmm. And all the people that poured out to me during those illnesses and whatever were breaking that agreement where, now, come on, Robbie, look at this. All these people are loving on you intensely, right, during that. And so I think it's a great idea when you're undergoing a lot of suffering in some way to ask God, okay, what's this about? Is there something that you need to get at? And that was the deal. Well, thank you, Robbie. And please go to masculinejourney.org. We'll talk with you next week. This is the Truth Network.